Hey everybody, this is Brooks. I got some sad news. Uh, Dan's father passed away about two weeks ago after fighting cancer that came back. Uh, but So we're taking some time off, and lucky for us, we had Jim down here in the basement about two and a half years ago. It was nice hanging out with Dan's dad. He's a, He's funny, he's just really smart, and just fun to be around. And he did a great job talking about his love of flying and how he got into it and raising kids and just everything, pretty much. He'll be really missed. My love and everything goes out to Dan and what his family's going through right now. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple weeks, but until then, just enjoy this. This is Jim, back when he was on the podcast about two and a half years ago. All right, thank you. I'm Brooks. I'm Dan. And it's after work. Where we talk about the things we do after work. Yeah, not that boring stuff in the middle of the day. Like how I've uh, I've been assembling something, Dan. Nope. Piece by piece. Piece by piece, I've been assembling a little uh, little Cessna in my backyard. Cessna, huh? Yeah, those are smaller planes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh... My plan with this Cessna is to, uh, you know, do little flights over and back across the border, dropping off loads, picking up loads of things. Now, is this going to be uh, illegal activities? Because are illegal activities uh, considered work? <laughs> I don't think that can be considered work. Okay, yeah, so we're fine. Not work at all. We're good. <laughs> Anyways... Dan, what's happening? You know what it is beginning to look a lot like? Uh, what do we got? April Fool's coming up here? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas at my house. Everywhere you go. I can't sing anymore. <laughs> or are those songs that are of the... Can, can everybody yeah. sing those songs? Do I have to pay royalties? I don't know. If Bing Crosby heard... I don't think Bing Crosby's going to hear. You'll be fine. Okay. Is he still alive? No. Okay, good. Good. It's a good thing that he's not alive anymore. Anyway, we've been uh, all sorts of Christmas decorations going up. We got a we got two Christmas trees. Dude, dub, double Christmas tree house? One inside, one outside. Oh, yeah. Porch Christmas tree. Mhm. Uh we got um some wreath material. What do you call it? Garland? Is that where it's like laid out? It's like a long line, mm-hmm. and then it's got lights mixed into it, and that's running all along our fence. And remember I told you guys all about that arbor that I built over my uh, front gate? Over this last summer, yeah. We I did that. wasn't around the house bit. Yeah, and so now instead of trying to come at my fence from two directions with electrical cords to plug in, because there's a gate in the middle, mm-hmm. so I couldn't connect the electrical mm. from the lights on one side to the lights on the other, but I needed lights on both sides. What did you do before? Before, I came at it from the two opposite sides. Okay. And now, I can just run it up and over the top of the arbor. And how'd it work? 
it worked amazing, like a charm. Uh, then we got some big ornaments and hung them from the arbor, just like hanging down. Like those giant, giant ones. Christmas tree ornaments. Okay, like, probably like four or five times larger, maybe ten times larger than normal. I was I was gonna get my Christmas tree this past weekend. We do a real tree because oh, uh, fancy. I don't know because we're fancy. We love killing the environment. Okay, I well, gotcha. If Christmas trees, if real Christmas trees weren't weren't a thing, they wouldn't be planting Christmas trees, so they wouldn't be there to help the environment. You know what used to be there? Mm-hmm. Old growth trees that they cut down so that they could make a Christmas tree farm. That's a good point. And also owls used to live in those old growth trees, and now the owls are dead. Uh, I was just told, I just heard this, that three million Christmas trees are shipped from, like, the Portland area, whatever. Wow. Three million. Shipped. Well, or sold. I mean, most of them are for this area. Some are for this area, but they get shipped down to California where okay. they're sold for whatever, 200 bucks so a piece. F- for or, a moment. Or Hawaii. I was just imagining some label getting slapped on a Christmas tree just wrapped it, in plastic. <laughs> you just put it right on the trunk. <laughs> but now I see we're talking about you load up a, uh, a tractor trailer full of these, take them down there and set up a... Set it up down in San Diego yeah, okay. on a street corner and maybe make yourself a cool 50 100, grand. 100 bucks each? No, down in, here for a tree that would be 100 bucks down in California, like $300. What? That is, that it, is, wow. If I lived in California, I would be buying a fake Christmas tree because uh, I'm pushing it. I paid like 70 bucks for my tree last year. Did you really? It was an eight foot tall, real noble tree. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, once a year, you get I, yourself a regular tree. I buy my fake Christmas trees for that kind of money. You ever think about getting a really, really, really nice Christmas tree? A really nice fake one? Yeah, a really nice fake one. Like a $300 one. Yeah. $500 one. I got a, I got a really nice fake $300 Christmas tree that I paid 100 bucks for. The day after Christmas? Yeah, you know it. I could have got a free one mm, three months ago. I saw one in a free pile, and I said no. Yeah. Mm. It is pretty nice, though, because I just went out to the garage, pulled it down from the rafters, brought it inside. Bloop, bloop, bloop. It's already got the lights built it's in. It's too easy. I Something know. about Christmas. It's got to be hard. I think we talked about this last year on our Christmas episode. <laughs> Uh, what you need to do is to make this tree legitimate. First of all, of course, you're spraying some sort of pine smell in your house, right? So no. it smells like a pine tree? I don't know. Okay, so you need to do that. Or maybe get a candle, pine smell candle. Hmm. Mm, put it underneath your Christmas tree, like <laughs> on one of the branches. Just put the candles. Oh, I was watching some old movie and they had burning candles on the christmas tree uh i'm not so sure about that i I saw it Mm, on video i was like what there's a lot more fires back in the day (laughs) i guess so uh also you need to have yourself 
a bag of so when you bring in your tree from the garage you have your bag of needles that you've collected from last time you're in the woods <laughs> so you could throw them on the ground sprinkle them around on the ground from the garage to your christmas tree and then you know every day it's uh your wife's job to sprinkle a little bit of chris a uh, little bit of uh needles on the ground and it's dylan's job to pick them up <laughs> All right. And you got to get like a pitcher of water and carry it over to your tree and just put it in that base. Pour it into another pitcher. Yep. Every single day. Yeah. Wait a minute. It seems real, like a lot of work. Real trees suck, man. There's a lot of work. Work. But do they come with built-in lights? No. Do you ever get your tree flocked? I've heard of flocking trees. Where they spray it and it looks like it's got snow on it. Mm-hmm. But you can also get it in pink and other colors. I worked at a Christmas tree lot when I was in my late teens. It was okay. a side hustle because yeah, I yeah. love Christmas trees so That's much. Fine. It was talk. a hobby of looking at Christmas trees. Sure. And, uh, and I just loved helping people pick out the perfect Christmas tree. And uh, they did flocking there. It was a... Big getup, took a lot of work. Oh. And I think it would be about three times the price of the tree. To, then they'd also have it flocked. Okay. So you pick out your tree, and they'd be like, "Okay, this tree that's eighty bucks, it's two hundred dollars, and flocked. Come back tomorrow to pick it up." Whoa, come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't something they because you had to do it and then let, let it dry, it dry. Yeah. for so long. But uh, all right, we'll be back with your papa. To talk about his thing. There's all these like hobbies and thing interests I get into where it's like I'm re- I get into it. I'm really into it for a while. And then after a while, it kind of just either time happens and you stop doing it or perhaps, I don't know, some things change, lose interest or maybe lose. I don't know. But uh, Jim used to be into... Dan was saying you used to fly airplanes or? Yes. Yes. How did you get into uh, flying airplanes? Well, that's an interesting story. And it all starts when. In Korea. When, you know, at outdoor school. At outdoor school, I was a counselor or a, or a kitchen help combination uh, in the 70s, early 70s. And uh, before. Um, and I would listen to the radio, and the radio had uh, Multnomah Schools of the Bible, and they and so I listened to some of the the Christian stories on there, and then I went to Multnomah School of the Bible itself. And uh, is that, uh, does that it, exist it, anymore? I've heard of it. It's Multnomah University. Now, okay, Multnomah University, and they used to really major in Bible a lot. Now they're liberal arts. And I, I would went to a missions conference once there, and they had uh, mission pilots that would fly jungles or or in Africa, you know, in the bush, mm-hmm. and they would fly missionaries around, and that really intrigued me and interested me, and so I started pursuing that, and I wanted to be one of those a guys. bush pilot, yeah, and so uh, for. Uh, an organization called Mission Aviation Fellowship, and they want you to be a strong Christian, so they want a little Bible under your belt, mm-hmm. and hence the school. They want you to fly around, so they want you to be proficient at flying, and they want you to be able to fix your 
airplane if it breaks out in the bush. Yeah. So you need to be a Nobody's mechanic. out there but you. Yeah. You need to be a pilot, a mechanic. And so, uh, and and you need to pray. Pray you can pray fix that it. Pray that that thing you fix actually <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, stays fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, I started uh, flying. And uh, to all you old-time pilots out there, I'm sorry, I only got 120 hours in my logbooks. I haven't flown in a long time. Um, but I do have my NP certificate. I've been working in the industry for 40 years. I, I didn't mean to say that. Henri. What are you doing? Henri. How dare you? Yeah. And so uh, when I married, right after I got my AMP license, and so... Um, my eyes weren't all that great, so maybe a, a professional pilot wasn't quite up to speed. And you're tall. Is there a thing about pilots being tall, or is that just in the military? Just in, must be just in the military. Okay. Yeah. And so what happened was is uh, I got the word that uh, one of the airlines was hiring uh, in my field of mechanics. And so I have... Uh, flown just a little bit since then so when when dan was small well when he was small we would fly what he was small once <laughs> he was small once. <laughs> not that but small i i have um pictures or i had a picture but i won't worry about that now but uh, uh dan and i went flying when he was 10 years old and i have this old faded picture and my wife and i would go flying and and uh, we'd fly over Mount St. Helens before it blew and Mount Hood, and we'd fly around the beach. How is uh, – yeah. so it was all through this, this school or through the group that was going to get you le- – that's how it started, or you, you were just inspired by that group to get into it? Yes, and so I was pursuing all the the uh, ticks in the box, as it were. Okay, to, so you had to go down and do all these things before you could get in with yeah, the group. Yeah, and, and then you make an application. And a uh, family came along. Mm-hmm. and, uh, and so, Ruined everything. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it, in uh, retrospect, it's way, way better. Um, but there's still time to volunteer uh, as a short-term missions in any field you want, uh, if if you want to do that out there. So uh, flying, uh, I can do some flying with my company uh, to different small cities in the Pacific Northwest for mostly, and for a larger company that we, we regional fly for. When, uh, Dan, were you ever interested in flying? Oh, I was... Besides that uh, R. Kelly song, <clears throat> or... <laughs> Do you believe that you could fly? I believe I could. I remember going out one time. I don't know if it was more than once, but I remember going out one time in one of those little Cessnas or whatever they are, mm-hmm. and uh, just just uh, my dad and me, and I remember I got to fly that plane. Oh, absolutely. Turns out uh, flying is super easy. All it is is a thing that you just push in and out, right? I've, kind of all these it. things I've learned from TV shows and movies, it's like this deal that goes like this. I'm making gestures with my hands on yep, a podcast. You're, you're gyrating about, around. Yep. Yep. Just imagine me doing that thing that everybody's seen on TV. Yeah. And that's it. 
Uh, Did you I was, push forward real quick and I just scare your dad? Went into a nosedive. Nosedive. Now you deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I uh, I got a couple of stories to tell about flying. Yeah. And one of them was uh, I was learning to fly, and so I got to fly around uh, by myself once I got my license, and uh, and so I flew over to my girlfriend's house. <laughs> And I circled around it, and I told her I'd be in the neighborhood and, and come out and wave. And so I started banking this little airplane around and I, and waving, and I rolled the window down. I slid it back. I rolled it down, and I was waving at her like this, and I'm, I'm almost 90 degrees, and I'm doing a nice tight spiral. And there's a phenomenon that happens in an airplane. You can stall an airplane. Yeah, and so... Here I am, oh, 500 feet. I don't think I'm supposed to be that low, but it's 500 feet. But you had to show off. You already, you had, had, you already had that license. You're doing a little <laughs> yeah, showboating. I get it. To the FAA, that was 1,000 feet there. That was, yeah. <clears throat> and so We have three FAA <laughs> listeners at this point. <laughs> at this but, juncture. you know, they know snitches yeah. get stitches. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so as I'm, I'm stalling out, I'm heading straight down at her. And I'm going, looking at her in the face, and I'm going, ah, to myself. But there's a maneuver you learn as a pilot to get yourself out of a spin, out of a stall spin. Uh-huh. And so I correct it. And it was a little uh, Aronka Champ, a little a little fabric airplane. And they respond really well. And so I recovered really fast. But that was one interesting story in flying. Did you... These are all. Did you ever own an airplane, or is no? It, my are my, they so? They are a little expensive. My uncle owned one. Okay, and uh, I got to fly his old airplane uh, once, and it was a, it was a six cylinder. It was a little more powerful, and I have never experienced one that will the propeller will tend to make you turn left. Hmm. It when you're taking off you put the power and in a 150 in a smaller uh, four-cylinder airplane um, the ones I would learn to fly on flew most of the time I never encountered that and as soon as I got into a bigger six-cylinder airplane it just went yeah and I, I oh that's what they mean it just kind of started to veer to the left on takeoff kind of catches you by surprise and the big warbirds Apparently, I guess you got legs of steel to to counteract that big propeller out there, like a P-51 Mustang. I mean, they really, they the, the propeller tends to, gyroscopic precession is the technical term, but they tend to veer. Uh, to the left. To the left. Uh, on a, I think to it's the a left. left. To the left. <laughs> yeah. They, they want to flip you. So... so. That's interesting. You're talking about four cylinder and V six. So how, like, what's uh, how big are the engines on these little planes? Which little airplane? Oh, I don't know. Like the little four cylinders. Oh, oh, two twenty. Uh, opposed two twenty. Oh, two twenty, and an IO three sixty. Uh, is that the is that the same? That's the cubic inches, I believe. Okay, so it's the same type of engine size as a car. Do they do like if there was a three liter? I don't know. Oh man, three liter. Well, everything goes by cubic yeah, inches. I'm used to liters. What a four fifty four is like five liters. Yeah, five or six, five point five or six. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
No, 454 is 350. You ever had any? No. Besides that? No, 350. You ever had any close calls? A buddy of mine lived out in the country, and one day he was just out in Oregon City, and he was driving home, and there was just one of those airplanes just had, had some malfunction and had to land on his road, like, in front of his house. And it landed and just, like tipped over oh yeah yep yep Yep. no no real stories like that every pilot usually has a couple of rough landings but that's at the airport um one of the interesting stories i had was this uh i i would i knew somebody at the coast that owned their own air air field uh, training service and so i went down and visit them and they said he said and jennifer was with me and they said hey you want to fly to down to eugene and pick up a i think it was eugene and pick up an airplane um one of his students got weathered in there and said sure so he climbed into his bonanza and uh as we're flying down there he, he gave me the yoke and it's it's a swing yoke, so he put it in front of me, and this is a go-fast airplane for me. <laughs> and so I'm gaining and losing altitude, and I'm just using my fingertips. You know, just it's all trimmed out, and it's just like uh, I can make it gain and and lose altitude. Just, just I'm not very good at that on, on that airplane. Mm-hmm. And so it, you call it porpoising. And so, poor because you go up and down, and you're trying to you're hunting for staying straight and level. You keep because, breaching, yeah, like airship, a whale. Airship balls. <laughs> and we we got down to, yeah, I'm, I'm Eugene, wherever it was, and it was this little tomahawk, and he said, "Oh, I forgot the keys." <laughs> no problem, no problem. In an airplane, you have magneto. And the X-Men character? I uh, yeah, well that's that's yeah. <laughs> a, a magneto is a kind of like a, a self generator that creates its own electricity mm-hmm. as it spins. So uh, all you gotta do is uh, disconnect the lead and the magneto is hot. That's what the key does. And so then you hand propeller, hand prop it, and the engine will start. It's just like starting a lawnmower. I've seen them do that in like old movies where yes. they get out there and they, they hand push prop. the pro- they the swing the propeller around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you don't need a key to start an airplane just, <laughs> just to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, wait a minute, <laughs> I got a follow up question. Yes, did you make sure that this other airplane was actually? His, or did you just help in stealing an airplane? No, that's another interesting story. No, that was that was, <laughs> that was the time that, I went to jail. Yeah. No, that that was his airplane, but it. Um, so far, yeah, that he so knows. Far, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, perf- I can neither confirm nor deny. I do not recall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no, we're getting into politics. Oh, that could be bad. Uh, and so I got to fly that back to Astoria. And that was a lot of fun. We went around uh, the patch a couple of times. I did a touch and go. And you learn your stall speed and uh, some safety features of the airplane that you're flying so that you're not out there. And so you need to be proficient in whatever you're flying. I imagine that, I don't know if you've kept up with, like, is your license still up to date? Oh, no. I have uh, the state of Oregon gave me a pilot's license. The federal gave me a pilot's license. And then to stay current, you need to actually go fly with a with an instructor, and he has to sign you off. For me, it would take 
10, 15 hours. And he checks your radio workout. Hello, tower. This is me. I'm in mm-hmm. airplane one, two, three. Um, he, your radio work, he'll take you in the airplane that you want to fly. He'll make sure that you're safe in it. You do landings. Uh, for me, he might even do night flying. Just so that he knows you're not going to go out and you you know crash it and stuff like that. And then you need a, a medical card that says uh, a doctor, a flight surgeon will say, yeah, you're you you can fly this airplane. You're not gonna. You're not really gonna have a heart attack. You got all your eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need a medical card, and so you need all those things to uh, to get back into proficiency. So what would that take? Uh, I mean, I assume all of this costs a lot of a lot of a lot of money. Yeah, it was different back in the '70s when it was like you just take your lawnmower, mm-hmm. strap it to a couple of wings. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Put some egg yolk on there is what I heard earlier. Yeah. After a family came along, flying is expensive. And so maybe I didn't fly as much for few and far between. And if you take a vacation, you go somewhere, you can go out of state and you can go to a, an airport and you say, hey, can I rent an airplane? And they say, oh, we don't know you from Adam. So you, you rent the instructor with them, but you get to take okay. it off you, you get to fly around a bunch so uh that's a lot of fun and uh so after uh, i haven't flown in 20 30 years yeah this is one of those like like hobbies like we were talking about earlier it's just something like this i can understand the expense is very great massive whenever somebody says like oh i have a boat and they're like, I'm like, oh, cool, let's go out. And then they start telling me, like, yeah, it's $150 in fuel to take it out for the day. And I'm like, what? Just fuel. Like, I mean, and that doesn't count filling up their giant truck to haul it out there. Yeah. And it's like, that's a boat. And it's like this thing that costs you, whatever, $10,000. And now it's $150 to use it one time. So, yeah. Now, talking about um, boats, yeah. uh, talking about boats is um, I know somebody at this other place uh, that was a little above me for uh, for years, and he had a, a boat. He was actually my boss. He had a sailboat, and mm-hmm. it was on the Columbia River, and uh, we'd, learn, we'd go out and learn to sail from this, this fella. And... Uh, uh, from that sailing, I got myself a little 10-foot sailing dinghy for all you little sailors. A 10-foot sailing dinghy? Yes. Uh, you know what a rowboat looks like, right? Is it a rowboat yeah. with a sail? It is. It's uh, literally a, a rowboat with a mast. Yeah. I believe it's Dacron sail. It's a Quartermaster 10. It's got a dagger board and a rudder. And that's all you need. It, yeah, that's all you Apparently. need. Apparently. How, how often did you take Dan out on that sail dinghy? Dan, uh, I got this after Dan. I don't got even know married. if both of you guys could fit in a ten foot no. dinghy together. This this boat is can take two people, but it's easier if you. I've taken my other son and daughter out. It's just easier if you go by yourself. <laughs> and so, but it's it's. Uh, I just put it on a little trailer and I trailer it out to like Vancouver Lake, and uh, I tend to sail right on the edge you know like the falling over so i'm i think i'm an adrenaline junkie <laughs> like oh 
Yeah, you went from <laughs> airplanes. I heard this. Uh, did you know that there are more airplanes in the ocean <laughs> than there are submarines in the sky? Did you know? Well, that, that? makes sense. It, it does. I saw that somewhere. I'm going to assume that's true. How many submarines would you say are in the sky? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any airplanes in the ocean either. Now, if a philosopher <laughs> and a mathematician got together, they could figure that one out for us. For all you, but I'm neither of those things, <laughs> unless I get into the hobby. So, uh, so with the airplanes, I think one of the one of the big expenses is it's like. You know, if you have a big boat, you got to keep it in a slip. Well, you got to keep that airplane somewhere at an airport. Yeah, just keep it in your backyard. Right. So uh, I I got to go visit a guy. He lives down in uh, Hermiston, and he has his own private hangar at the airport. So he he purchased wow. so he purchased the the like area at the airport, and he built like he purchased it for like X amount of years. He said, basically, I bought it for 20 years, and at the end of 20 years, I'm going to be so old, it won't matter. And so he uh, he built... It's a spot of land mm-hmm. at the airport. Yeah, he at leased- the, like inside the gates of the airport. Okay. He the land. He's got his own hangar, and it's probably like, I don't know, 40 by 40. It's pretty good size for the little plane that's in there. He's got a little six-seater plane i mean it's a it's a big plane for you know a personal private air airplane but uh six seats that's no slouch no uh and uh and so yeah but if you can imagine you you gotta you gotta house it somewhere and that's that's a pretty big expense and this was a really nice building that he built and uh you know that's i I'm assuming it costs a lot. I think I remember discussing it. I don't remember how much it was, but, you know, to get in there at the airport. And basically he said if he ever wants to uh, get rid of it, then they'll basically pay him fair market price for it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I wish I wish I knew what kind of airplane that, that was. I got a picture yeah, of it. Who somewhere. is this guy? And how do we get his your name's, dad? Yeah. His name's Bud. How do we get your dad hooked up with this oh, guy? Oh, boy. Um, an interesting story about flying. Um, the industry is is uh, the airline industry is short on pilots right now. A lot of pilots are retiring mm. due to FAA regulations. Is I know a lot of them like came from Vietnam. Like there used to be a lot of like flying from there, and then they went into the airlines. So now they're uh, Vietnam reti- era are retired. Retired. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, I was a ping pong ball drafty not, and so my ping pong ball never came up. So I in seventy two I wasn't. No, never drafted. mind. Maybe maybe he used to have a six. Maybe it used to be a he used to have a six seater that he shared with another guy, and now he's got this, which I'm not a hundred percent sure how many seats it has. Ooh, but it's a nice looking plane. Yeah, We're have to post that picture up I, on the old Instagram. I believe it's a Stinson, from what I can look, and that. That was my uncle's airplane, a Stinson Voyager. And if they post it and I get it wrong, I'm in trouble. But Hashtag uh, Stinson Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, all those airplane nerds are going to yeah. be like, how dare you? At another place in time, I worked at a... I, I attended a place where... It says they, Piper. Oh, Piper? It uh, says Piper right Piper. on the side of it. Then I... It's a tail dragger. 
Ooh, tail dragger. I don't know what that means. Yeah. How do you feel about chemtrails? <laughs> chemtrails. <laughs> There's a whole you thing. You mean persistent jet contrails? No, I call them chem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what's up with this air, this weird trail of persistent, what is it, Dan? Persistent jet contrails? You know, you ever heard of that? No. No, go it, ahead. It makes that white line around the, the back of the plane. Well, yeah. And people are like, those are poisons. They're poisoning us. They're turning us into sheep, people. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh. the, the air tends to condense. And I'm not sure whether they have it on, on that comes off the wings of air condensing. They make vortices. I don't know about the jet engine, uh, how that works, but... There's heat, and there's moisture, and it condenses, and cold. All right, so the cover-up continues. Yes, yes. Uh, the meteorologists out there, they can, they can come in on that one. I think, I think the, uh, the chemtrails only work on those people that are really worried about them. That's why they're crazy. You know what? Yeah. It mm -hmm. only works on a small portion of the population. Brooks, Brooks, please, please take <laughs> off the aluminum foil hat. It's not becoming. Don't tell me what to do, oh, Jim. Okay, Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, You're not oh, my dad. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm going to hop in my airplane and fly out of here. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, joining us and talking about your love of airplanes. What, uh... Is it the adrenaline? What is it about? Is it like you're go? How fast would you say one last? Uh, how fast would you say you're going in these smaller airplanes? They don't go too terribly fast. Smaller airplanes can seventy miles an hour okay. to to ninety, a hundred miles an hour. The bigger engines, a little faster, mm -hmm. go faster. So, and that was just being up in the sky. Uh, can I get one more story in there? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Here, I learned to fly over in Vancouver. At an airport that is not there anymore. There's a mall there. Yeah. And uh, it was relatively inexpensive because the owner made sure everybody got to fly. And so the the airport is not there. It was Evergreen Flying Service. And, um, and it was an old wooden hangar. And uh, my wife and I got to uh, go up to Hood River to an air museum. And it's a car museum. It's Wham!, uh, Western Aeronautic and Automobile Museum in uh, Hood River, the other place. And uh, we walked in there, looked at the cars, looked at the airplanes, and they're all about okay for me. But I turned around in the museum, and it's a big complex, and the thing that caught my eye was the front of the hangar. They took the facade right off the front, and it was a whitewashed building in in round letters like a it said evergreen flying service and that just stopped me dead in the tracks because that's where i how long that, ago was this uh, that you went up there uh two three months ago wow that is a it just stood me in crazy the happenstance and it's like that is where i learned to fly at that particular well wally olson owned uh owned there and so i wally olson's mm -hmm. airplane school mm-hmm yeah. Cool. Yeah. So thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. And what do you what did you think of that game last week? Oh man, that game. Good one. Ooh, they yeah. really gave it their all. <laughs> Sorry to say they couldn't pull it together or did they? Depends on who you were rooting for. True. For sure. Thanks, Jim. Okay. 
Oh, uh, I know. I know you're doing another section, but I I noticed your little uh, hey, your nice. little drawings here. Are these the ones you've been giving away? Those are. Uh, I have been giving away some pictures, and I actually don't have any anybody wants one right now. So if you want a picture, wait a minute. <laughs> not you. What do you mean? If somebody were to want a picture, hey. Oh, I'm supposed to. I'm, <laughs> Dan asked me to draw him a picture. Uh, hey, months ago, <laughs> you told me there were ten people in front of me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's still ten people in front of you. I've actually stepped it down. I was giving out pictures. Uh, I think nine by twelve sheets, uh-huh. and I bought a smaller notebook. This is a. Uh, what do we got here? Five and a half by eight and a half. So instead of getting a nine by twelve sheet, which that is a lot of paper, you will get a five and a half by eight and a half picture. Because it instead of it taking me eight hours to draw a picture, it takes me four hours. And then uh, I saw your guitar over there. I got one more thing to give you. Oh, the gifts just keep on giving. Yes. Last time you were here, you gave me some candy. Those are long gone by uh, now. I know. That's too bad. Um, But I know you love that guitar over there, and it needs just a little tune-up. I went and checked it out. But here's a guitar pick that's a little soft. Ooh, soft tip. Yeah, the soft tip. I think that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. And I encourage you to go play it. And I enjoy that is the, one of my hobbies that I, I have I given up on. Yeah, haven't picked up very often. Abandoned on it's the side a, of the road. Oh, it's still there. It's a house <laughs> of uh, old hobbies. The hobby house. I need to get one of those hobby horses. Is that for doing gymnastics? Is that what they're called? A hobby horse? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Okay, but we can palm palm a horse. Palm a horse. Okay, yeah, yeah. never mind. What's a hobby horse? It's, it's a small horse. I think it's a horse. It's a little a hobby horse. It's, I want a hobby horse, too. It's the little rocker you give your kids. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I'd go for one of those. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Dan, you know what time it is. I think I do. It's time for a little thing. We look all around the house. 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 What'd you do? I guess I I did some things around my house. What what are these? What I do? I uh, well, it was Black Friday the other day. Uh oh, what's Black Friday? Black Friday is a time. Papa, is that the day when everything's on sale? It's the day when everything's on sale. Uh, Black Friday is where everything's on sale. And I looked on my Amazon, and the day on Thanksgiving. My, I have a Roku, one of those little uh, streaming devices for, that plugs into your TV. Mm-hmm. Get that little Roku 2 XS. That's exactly the same one I have from eight years ago. Ooh, so Eight-year-old technology is very old. Yeah. And I think I paid probably $70 for it eight years ago. At least. And uh, it died on Thanksgiving. Ooh, right when you were trying to watch that Macy's Day Parade. It was right after that Macy's Day Parade uh, later on in the night. And uh, so I said, hey, Amazon sales. What am I going to get? Streaming device. Roku. Another Roku stick. Much smaller. Much better quality. Uh, were $29.99. But the Amazon Fire Stick was 
nineteen ninety nine. There you go. So I picked up that baby, and I went to hook it up. It came a few days later. Went to hook it up to my TV, and I have a whole bunch of technology. We've had that TV for yeah eight years or so, and a lot of dead technology is in that cabinet. Actually, do <laughs> people even need cabinets anymore for their things? What do you mean? Well, I mean, besides a nice surround sound, but like underneath my TV, there's a cabinet where I got my my receiver, my Blu-ray player that we use probably once a year because everything's streaming now, and my Nintendo Wii was still down there. Whoa. And hooked up to the TV, and I haven't played in five years. And it was just a bundle of wires back behind, just a big mess. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take this time, slide this thing away, and I'm going to clean out all those cobwebs or all that dust, those dust bunnies back there, organize these wires. So I uh, I turned that spaghetti, uh, spaghetti wires, and I cleaned them up. I got rid of the ones that I didn't need anymore. I took my Nintendo Wii, and I put in a brown paper bag and it's sitting over on that couch there whoa i'll probably never play that thing again but i'm gonna throw it in the nintendo pile you do have a nintendo pile of dead dead consoles not dead yet they're still alive i'm hoping of when i'm of retirement age maybe they'll be worth something oh that's your retirement plan that's my retirement plan that's my that's, <laughs> that's what awesome. i have but uh yeah so i hooked up that i hooked up that fire stick and everything's great. It's so awesome. I also did a little bit of technological around the house. What did you do for house, technologically house, 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 house. around the house? house, house, house. Um, I so we set up our Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. You know, got all all up on the roof and strung those up on on there. And then uh, I got all the stuff plugged in. I have a couple of um outlets that are connected to my home what? automation thingy wi-fi outlets yeah is that what they're called Let's call them wi-fi is it the it's the z-wave but things? you know okay. it's, it's we'll call it wi-fi and so it hooks up to uh my little smart things hub and so i went in and i created a couple of automations and i said uh Rebecca, what time what what time would you like these lights to come on? Sunset sound good? Yes. And now there's an option. I think last time I did it I had to pick a time. Mm-hmm. But now you can select sunset and it'll just change automatically. It just knows when sunset is yes, it does. from the internet. From the internet. And it'll change it every day to be a different time. And so I just uh I set all that up to turn on those Christmas lights at sunset and mm-hmm. then uh, turn them off at 10 at night. So now you don't have to touch anything. And okay, so check this out. I set it up in the front, uh, one string going this way. I put it on a power strip and I hooked all that stuff up, all those lights on that side to one and then all the other lights on the other side to a different one. But I had that power strip out there. So then when uh, that second Christmas tree got set up outside in the front, 
they just plugged it right on into that power strip and then Frosty and all of his little Frosty minions. Frosty? Yeah, Frosty and the minions. Okay. The little snowmen. You know, there's like probably- Are they like, like little light up plastic guys? There they are. Okay. Plastic light up Frosty They're the not snowmans. real Frosty the snowman that you've hired just no. this time of year and they come by. They're they all, cold enough so they don't melt. They all get plugged in over there and they all pop on at the same time automagically. You've been big into this. What is it called? The Internet of Things? Is sure. That, what it, you can call it that if you is want. Is that what people call it? Yeah, people so, call it that. So this Amazon Fire stick that I got mm-hmm. is the first thing that I have. That's your first thing in the Internet of Things? No, besides this Chromecast you gave me a few a month back, mm-hmm. but does that count? Sure. But this one you can actually talk to. Oh, like the remote has a... It's got the voice activated thing. You say, Alexa, this blah, blah, blah. This is the first... Look. This is the first one of those things that I've had. Okay. How do you like it? Has it changed your life for the better? So I I do like it. Uh, We've got... We're all Google, so no Alexa. We're all... We've got a bunch of Google Homes all spread about the house. And there is a pretty cool feature called Broadcast. So you can just say, you know, tell Google to broadcast, you know, hey, come down, it's time for dinner. Or really, Dylan, get in here and clean up or yeah. And then any of the micro, any of the speakers around will just be like, Dylan, you say it to the one and then all the other ones in the house broadcast that. So... It's like an intercom thing. It is an intercom. It's a modern intercom. And so we've we've got one of those little Google Home minis in Dylan's bedroom. So you can always yell at him without yelling. It's, uh, I I like it. Uh, I have the lights in my media room set up. Like I, I put a new connected switch in the wall. And so I can talk to the speaker and tell it to turn on or off the lights. I mean, I got it set up to do that kind of stuff kind of sort of automatically, but you can also talk to it. Same thing in the bedroom. I got, I got lights set up in there and it's, I don't know if you've ever done this where you have your lights on and then you lay down in your bed and then you realize that the lights are on and then you have to get up, turn the lights off. Mm -hmm. Never again. Just uh, tell Google to turn the lights off. I was seeing, and talking with you the other day about the Nest, no, Nest, uh, no. What is thermostat? The, yep. Thermostat. The Nest thermostat. Or there's all sorts of thermostats. I bet there's, a, is what's Nest? Is that Google? Yeah, Google owns Nest. Okay, so the Nest thermostat was, there was one for pretty cheap. But I, when we do this podcast, I turn off my, or I turn my heater way down so turn it's down not the blowing thermostat. because it adds some adds some background noise that I don't like in the recording but sometimes I forget to turn it back on and it'll be whatever go to bed it's colder at night I think we turn it down to like 63 or something at nighttime we're all bundled up mm-hmm. and uh but if the heater's just completely off in the morning it'll be down at like 50 Five or 58 or yeah. something like that. But there have been times where I'm in bed 
all cozy. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, I forgot that I have to get up. Or I could just be like, hey, turn turn the whatever system back on. Yeah. Or do whatever. Run run schedule. I don't know. You could do it. Mm, I guess. You know what? My house is pretty small and that thermostat's like 15 feet from my bed. As the crow flies. Well, if crows could fly through walls. If your crow's flying in the house, you got other problems. Probably scare those crows out of there. Yep. Let them, let them go at the park with the rats. If you're dealing with crows, if you have to deal with crows, a little tip. Wear a mask. Because they'll remember you. Crows have facial recognition capability. <laughs> and if you mess with them, they will remember you forever. And they will tell all their crow friends. Anyways. All right. Uh, I think everybody should go find a flight simulator app for your cellular telephone. You see, uh, just download this flight simulator app. Uh, even better if you have one of those VR headsets. That'd be awesome. And uh, just practice flying a plane all by yourself in the simulator. You know, you don't necessarily want to just jump right in both feet first. You need to try the simulator before you jump into the real thing. All right. I just want everybody to go try that out. And we'll see you all next time after work. Thank you.